This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity, the only uh, card... Uh, Flora, huh? they, they asked us not to read an ad. Oh. Enjoy the show! Tonight on Bullstone. Looking ahead to the 2020 presidential election, who has enough war boys to be a Morton Joe? A fool and his money are soon uncharted? We'll tell you about a man who spent his life savings just to get lost in the Amazon. Federal geologists discover a massive deposit of shamrock in Montana. Could the shake be available all year round? A penny saved is a penny burned? The remarkable usefulness of pennies in fireplaces. Later. All these glands handing stories and more tonight on Bullstone. <laughs> Hello, David Flora. Hello, David Sticker. Oh, and with that, we've identified ourselves. Welcome to this, the first Bullstone of season six. Thanks, it's great to be here. <laughs> Keep you, play your cards right, you might get a regular spot. I'm not <laughs> promising anything. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man, and we have a pretty exciting Bullstone today. We sure do. Um we have uh, uh, not only some great stories, but also an amazing guest from the other side of the planet a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our first bull phone. That's right. Someone took us up on a glorious offer, and you'll get to see how she was justly rewarded. How we were justly rewarded, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah more, way more accurate. Well played. <laughs> I say everybody wins. Everybody wins. <laughs> win, win, oh. win, win, win. Well, uh, how about enough of this uh, goo gone fall draw? You want to just get right to it? I, I to, to be honest, I'd like a little more goo gone. <laughs> well, fine, fine, a little more goo ga. <laughs> Flora, how you been? Oh, I'm I'm fine. That's, That's all I can too, much too, all right. too much goo ga. It's too much goo ga. Yep. All right. Well, you asked for it. You got it. Uh, Flora, oh. kick us off, bruv. Me? Yeah, you. All right. Uh, down to brass tacks. Um, <laughs> got an article for um. I fucking love science. I just, I, I, I agree with them. I just wish I didn't have to swear. Oh. <laughs> oh, everybody will be okay. As my mother says, intelligent people do not need to use that kind of language. Also, apparently, my, my mother's Betty Ebersol, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> As an article from I fucking love science says, smarter people swear more. <laughs> 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 uh, this one's called sound waves can now be used to hack into smartphones. What? And it uh, oh, federal government. It it gets everybody all boned up because it's got a pe- picture of Peter Capaldi with the sonic screwdriver. Perfect. Except for this time, the doctors sonically screw in our phones. Oh. <laughs> well, this is how they this is how they hook you, especially Doctor Who fans into reading this. And they, uh, they say, thanks to researchers at the universities of Michigan and South Carolina, it is now possible to hack into things like computer systems, gadgets, and robots. 
although the technology is still fairly primitive, they say. And now all you have to do is find a robot. <laughs> <laughs> they say they can use malicious, quote unquote, music files containing intricately tuned sound patterns uh, to trick accelerometers inside devices, which include smartphones, vehicles, and medical apparatuses, apparently. Uh-huh. All they, ha- all they need is a $5 speaker. They use some music files, which apparently add thousands of fictitious steps to Fitbits. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> you don't want an inaccurate Fitbit, Dave. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the canary in your life's coal mine. <laughs> and they uh, they manipulated a smartphone's accelerometer into thinking it was moving in order to pilot a connected remote control car. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> these these sound waves were emitted from both remote <laughs> devices and from the phones themselves using embedded sound files concealed within emails and text messages. People um, of America, stop stop controlling your car with your Fitbit. There's a weakness. There's a weakness. It says the team didn't demonstrate how to unlock phones or bypass other forms of security with their sonic sneakiness, but such forms of security like keeping your phone in your pocket so it can't hear. Yeah, it's weird that they didn't demonstrate those things. Uh, but... These proof-of-concept hacks show that systems with accelerometers are vulnerable to physical forms of hacking, not just the digital versions that we've come to associate with that loaded word. Yeah, so, so if, you're, if your smartwatch is linked to your car, you can be hacked by sound. Also, well, your, your private robot can be hacked by sound. Now, other things that they announced, they can also hack dinosaurs, mummies, unicorns and also any atlanteans the any if so if you can find any of those there you're well, in trouble they, i guess speculate on what this could do it says if this form of sonic attack is scaled up there's a good chance it could manipulate data on medical hardware or influence the flights of drones that use accelerometers to determine altitude and balance so that's a pretty legit uh, uh application of this quote unquote hacking Sonic Hack- hacking. Hackerman. Hackerman. But, but here's my question then. Um, I, I don't know how you'd pull that off with uh, a drone, say, for example, that was flying mm-hmm. using sound waves. Because that was going to be very specific sound waves, and you'd deal with, like, Doppler shift and mm-hmm. wind resistance. And that's a good There'd be a, a lot point. of things that would distort that signal. That's a good point. You, you would maybe have to get it on board before takeoff and, and, or, or have some really specifically tuned instrument to point sound at a specific spot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, but I guess you're right. As a proof of concept, you know, like nothing's fascinating when it, you know, just rolls off the line, but right, in right. five years w- when we literally can't even have smartwatches cause our, our left hands will start punching us in the face. Right. This will all seem, I, I'll feel like a real ass. Yeah. <laughs> When our left hands want autonomy <laughs> with the right to vote. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was kind of fun just to have a, the old sonic screwdriver, uh, theme going on in there. I like that. I like that. You know, they have speculated, uh, that they being ancient alien theorists. <laughs> <laughs> 
have speculated that some um, megalithic blocks could have been moved by sound waves. That you know, yeah, there was. There's that whole school of thought that the the. It's not uh, really a school. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that, that whole Hollywood upstairs medical <laughs> college of yeah. thought. <laughs> um, yeah, they proposed that uh, ancients used sound wave technology. They they knew how to do it, and, and yeah, I, I sure nah nah yeah nah <laughs> yeah nah nah yeah. Anyway, uh, you you can get stuff to levitate by sound, but it you know it's. You have to know the frequency. You have to know there, there's a lot that goes into it. And they have been able to levitate things with sound waves, but it's not on the scale that you could build a pyramid with. Right. But yeah, why not? Why you not? know, I, you, 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 maybe somehow, someday, some, somehow, some way. Somebody's going to turn around and make you cry. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Don't you know? Things will change. <laughs> I've got uh, I've got a, so uh, a couple of hold on. I will hold One on. Day. All right, sorry. What do you got? I've got a, a couple of uh, just quick quick hits from from uh, everyone's favorite patriot, Alex Jones. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, first and foremost, know this. Um, he put He's up a, a video. Put up, he's, he's an explorer. <laughs> uh, he put up a video yesterday that was the, uh, uh, hold on, I'm going to find the title here so that I don't mess it up. Live Gay Frog Press Conference. What? Yeah, that was real. Because um, he's been saying, I mean, <laughs> in this one case, he has been telling us us for months. <laughs> Um, that that there's that the men are being feminized and that's why there's gay people in the world because of chemicals. But uh, no, so here's the thing that I really like. Uh, there is uh, a two-part video. Hoo-ha! The first video is entitled Alex Jones challenges Alec Baldwin to a bare-knuckle fistfight. Because <laughs> he was uh, Alec Baldwin. Last weekend, they did a, another Trump thing on SNL and this time it actually name checked Alex Jones. Uh-oh. And he's just had enough of it. So he wants to um fight fight Alec Baldwin bare knuckle boxing. Uh <laughs> the winner or the loser has to donate a million dollars to a charity, I don't know. Cuz you know that, when somebody has a, a difference of opinion, you, yeah. you you use violence to solve that. And then so this is what. I, so yeah, five days ago, Alex Jones challenges Alec Baldwin to boxing match. Four days ago, Alex Jones is Alex Jones issues public apology to Alec Baldwin. Oh, God. <laughs> um, <laughs> couple of things that that Alex Jones points out. Uh, one, it is illegal to engage in organized bare knuckle boxing in the United States. Oh, wow. So you can't do that. Uh, also. Uh, his apology is, is you know, let me save you a click. He trolled you. He tells you that. He's like, uh, that was a troll. I'm not apologizing. <laughs> so, he, yeah, gotcha. I trolled you, so. Yo! <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Uh, so just know that the, the, the attack on Liberty uh, apparently will never stop. And he's just going to 
He's going to have to just take it in stride. Yeah. Yeah, you just got to keep, I don't know, doing stuff or don't. But what's important is that you uh, buy uh, Super Male Vitality uh, Brain Blast. Currently, the ultimate game changer is Super Male Vitality featuring a shirtless Alex Jones on the ad. He is just not wearing a shirt. Oh, you can... God. He loves not wearing a shirt. <laughs> yeah. He is he is a, a shirtless patriot. Also, that is shopped to hell and back. <laughs> and, and his head's like five times the size of his body. Uh, well, no, yeah, everybody yeah. knows it's the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they, they actually have something called caveman. Um, that makes sense. What is this? Oh my God! They are selling. <laughs> okay, this will be the last thing on Infowars because I could I could do this for all for hours. But you can buy the Victory Series One President Donald J. Trump Limited Edition, eighty percent lower AR receiver. So you can buy a a, a piece of an assault rifle, but it's eighty eighty percent of the piece. So I guess you can't put it in a gun. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a. It's a I mean, just none a, of that makes sense, and he's probably <laughs> sold thousands. <laughs> probably. Uh yeah, eighty percent lower AR receiver. Uh it's made of nylon. I, I don't understand any of this. <laughs> and all you need is a drill press and the following bits to complete your eighty percent project. Oh, because they he legally couldn't yeah. sell a functioning piece of a firearm for sake. Oh God. Okay. Back to you, Flora. That's it. That's enough flopping around in the mud. (laughs) All right. Uh, I've got something from ancient origins. This one is uh, talking about cannabis in ancient Egypt. (laughs) Yeah, man. Apparently. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, what? uh, What, man? It's not a, what? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I just like doing that voice because it's the worst. Are you a guard of the pharaoh, man? You have to tell me if you're a guard of the pharaoh, man. What, man? (laughs) Anyways, it just goes on to talk about, um, apparently there was was some text called the Ebers Papyrus that was written around 1550 BCE, and it's one of the oldest finished medical textbooks to have been found so far. Ooh, so it it has a a ton of uh, medicinal information that was going on at the time in Egypt, and it uh, it mentions uh, a bunch of ways that they made use of hemp to alleviate pain and inflammation, and um, one way was uh, women would use it as a uh, a way to get rid of depression and other psychological problems uh, that they were having. Was was one of their psychological problems um, not being high? Yeah, it was. Nice. <laughs> I, I'm really depressed that I'm not high right now. <laughs> and they, it goes on to say that it may even date further back to around 2000 BCE when they say it may have been used to treat glaucoma, uh, cataracts, hemorrhoids, vaginal bleeding, and even cancer. Wow. Pretty crazy, huh? And Yeah. They're saying, of course, it, it wasn't a cure for the stuff, but an alleviator of the symptoms, 
which is the same thing that we're using it for today, among other things. They say it's a potent calming agent for the imbalanced nervous systems of patients suffering from Parkinson's, which they, they have videos of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've seen a video of, of a, a guy who is very, very much suffering from Parkinsonism, which causes severe tremors, and they show him smoking weed, and then like a half an hour later, he's relaxed and laying on the couch. And Oh, yeah, I have uh, seen that, yes. Yeah, so... Apparently, the ancient Egyptians knew this kind of stuff. Uh, I, I wouldn't have thought of hemp or marijuana being grown, you know, in in Egypt. But obviously, it's it's not a plant that's just in the United States or or Mexico right. or anything. And uh, they said, of course, they used it for blazing. Um, they well, they they used it to to get high, um, uh, chill out, Max, and relax. All cool. <laughs> Oh man, they didn't even have b-ball, so they were just hanging outside of a school. They were using hemp in in other ways, you know, making ro- rope and, and probably like really great ponchos, rope and sails and fabric and stuff. They cite they they have a picture now. I don't know. You can you can take this how you will. Oh, and I'll I shall. I will take it how I will. It's a picture that shows Seshat, the uh, Egyptian goddess of record keeping and measurement. And apparently she's got a, a colorful cannabis leaf over her head. It could be. It could be, Irie. A bastet, bast, as you might know, uh, the feline goddess of war, was also related to the use of cannabis in the uh, region, but more in the terms of witchcraft. What? Apparently they may have consumed marijuana in one form or another during religious uh, fes- festivities and rituals. That sounds almost recreational in nature. And it says the herb was so popular in the old days of Egypt that famous Roman emperor Aurelian practically imposed a tax on it. Oh, what? So he legalized it and then used it to fund the government? What a stupid idea. <laughs> That'll never catch on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't know what, you know what? It's because I don't smoke or otherwise use weed that i enjoy making weed jokes so much i don't i don't think they'd be nearly as funny to me if i (laughs) if i actually used weed if you partook of the the devil's weed that's right the devil's lettuce the devil's lettuce don't toss the devil's salad Dave. (laughs) never (laughs) so i thought that was interesting didn't even think of of that but you know they had hemp ropes which they still have in museums you know, yeah. that, that lashed the, the boats together and all kinds of stuff. So why not? Why not, man? Yeah, I dig it. What else you got? Oh, okay. That's easy. Uh, here's a, uh, an interesting article from Live Science. Headline is, could mysterious cosmic light flashes be powering alien spacecraft? Hmm. Um, basically, for a long time now, uh, astronomers have been aware of these, these events uh, called fast radio bursts or FRBs. Uh, the first one they detected was in 2007, and they are these 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 very brief flashes of uh, very bright uh, light, and and they're they're super short, but they can be seen at huge huge distances. And everyone's been trying to kind of come up with a good naturally occurring reason for this. Sure. And you know, there's a couple of different uh, theories here and there, but no one's really landed on something that everyone really agrees with. And um, there are some, you know, just like there always are, there's a, an astronomer at the Harvard-Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics uh, said, quote, an artificial origin is worth contemplating and checking. 
their their belief being that this is that it could be either a deliberate signaling device or perhaps part of a propulsion system that is helping mm-hmm. helping something accelerate. Uh, they said the amount of energy it would, would take would be equivalent to twice the amount that our Earth absorbs from the sun. So they would need a collector, a solar collector, twice the size of our planet, mm. uh, which is large. I That's mean, pretty big. It's pretty big. Uh, and these know, are just radio bursts? Well, it, at that point, um, I think that they use the term interchangeably. These, With what? Um, uh, between light and radio bursts because it's it's energy oh, frequency. I see. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm reading through this again. I wonder if it's a probe. It's weird because they keep saying radio bursts and then they, in the same sentence, will describe them as bright. So, or flashes. So I, I don't know. That's, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know if they're just, if those are just the terms they're using for these, uh, these, these blips, right? They're saying that, um, something that could generate enough, release energy release like they're seeing in these frbs could drive an interstellar spacecraft weighing a million tons uh, that's big enough to carry living passengers across interstellar or even intergalactic distances well that's just supposition um yeah right yeah that's pretty wild this isn't sure what what's it made of yeah you don't you don't know that (laughs) you don't know that man (laughs) um uh, but the same guy says that the, uh, he said that they they acknowledge the speculative nature of their study, and they aren't claiming that FRBs are indeed caused by aliens. Rather, they're saying that the hypothesis is worthy of consideration. Uh, their exact quote is: "Quote: Science isn't a matter of belief; it's a matter of evidence. Deciding what's likely ahead of time limits the possibilities. It's worth putting ideas out there and letting data be the judge." Fucking a right. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's really fascinating, especially given that what was that 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 in an announcement they had a couple of weeks ago about finding seven habitable planets all around the same oh, star. But then it didn't it come out that that wasn't actually the case after. Well, that? I'm I'm sure that that's not the case. But you know, like a, somebody says, "Hey, these seven look good," and someone needs to make a headline. This is exactly uh, what the the guy, <laughs> the Dyson Sphere star guy. You know, somebody asked him, I told you, I saw that, that speech that he gave and somebody asked him a question and he answered it. And the next thing you know, he's the guy who said that there's an alien civilization and he's like, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not the go-to on those guys. Yeah. It's just putting in ideas. Yeah. Rational reasoned responses make terrible headlines. So, yeah. Well, I I got something to piggyback off that real quick. Sweet. Um, Also from live science. This is, has the Large Hadron Collider disproved the existence of ghosts? I hope so. It's actually, it, it what it boils down to is Brian Cox. Yeah. Who? Famed British uh, scientist. I follow him on Twitter. It's not as good as a thought. <laughs> Put that out there. I thought he swore more often. It, it's basically Brian Cox's opinion, I, I guess, that the Large Hadron Collider has disproved uh, ghosts because he says, if we want some sort of pattern that carries information about our living cells to persist, then we must specify precisely the medium that carries the pattern and how it interacts with uh, the matter particles out of which our bodies are made. We must, in other words, invent an extension to the standard model of particle physics 
that has escaped detection at the Large Hadron Collider. That's almost inconceivable at the energy scales typical of the particle interactions in our bodies. And then uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson jumped in, and he's like, let me clarify this. If I understand what you just declared, you just asserted that CERN disproved the existence of ghosts. And Brian Cox said yes. <laughs> um, he says, quote, I would say if there's some kind of substance that's driving our bodies, making my arms move and legs move, then it must interact with the particles out of which our bodies are made. And seeing as we've made high precision measurements of the ways that particles interact, then my assertion is there can be no such thing as an energy source that's driving our bodies. Um, so he's basically saying, and, and they, the article says this is kind of a new concept to think of it that way. If ghosts are impinging on the physical world, then they say somehow, some way they would have been detected uh, by physics. And in particular, the Large Hadron Collider, even though they've got massive amounts of data they haven't gone through yet, something would have been there. And they say that because there's no indication of some kind of physical force or energy that is coming out of this that we heretofore have not seen, we don't have anything coming out of the data that suggests something supernatural that we haven't seen before. Okay, let me see if I can boil that down. Like, yeah, functionally, they're saying they did not see any ex extraneous energy aside from what they expected to see that would account for the soul or ghost of a human. That is it. Yeah, that's that's basically it. Which which I I, I take uh, which frustrates me because I do not like i don't argue with cern i think they're doing the coolest fucking shit on earth right but i also you know and i i mean as we've often said i don't personally believe in ghosts but i also don't like the idea of saying well we didn't find anything we weren't looking for mm, therefore yeah what we therefore, weren't looking for doesn't exist exactly and 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 especially when it comes to physics like we and and to our credit we redefine what we understand to be physics uh, on the reg you know sure and so and there are so many things in physics that even uh even the you know the, the people doing the research happily admit that they don't understand that we still have to do a lot of work on right and and i i personally my my personal belief is that there are huge fundamental forces of physics that we don't understand yet that would answer a lot of these questions very quickly. But to, you know, to say, Hey, we looked in the way we understand right now and uh, we didn't see anything. So, you know, you guys, keep, I agree. Yeah. You keep, you keep saying that the, when the, the clouds come together, there's energy, but we just watched one cloud bump into another and nothing happened. So shut the f up. You know, I, I agree. Yeah. You, how, how can you say we have not found what we don't know? Yeah. And I mean, and, and like I said, I don't think there's ghosts. I don't, I fucking love CERN, but I just, I just feel like that's, it's, it's a, it's a tough place to be. And I think I even wonder if that's what Neil deGrasse Tyson was kind of getting at by going. So just to make sure I understand what yeah. you're saying, you know, like to, to, to clarify, um, I don't know. I don't know what his angle was there, but like even he smelled an implication in that and yeah. wanted to make sure that he wasn't, you know, that he was seeing the same thing. 
And um, I, I appreciate what they're doing and, and what they're trying to say with that. But uh, we, we don't know what we don't know. And therefore, how, do we, how are we going to measure or track what we don't know before we know it? Right. And, and honestly, in this case, you know, you, you want to put me into a category, I agree with him. Well, yeah, if, if it, uh, I, you know, I, but I, if the, if the standard model of ghosts, fit yeah. what we know, then yeah, he's right. Right. But I, but that's the, that's just it though. Like, I don't think that you will ever do any research on a thing that will find some exigent energy acting on it. No, probably but, not. But when you're doing high energy particle physics, don't pretend you know everything that's going to happen or, or that you can rule everything out because by their right. own admission, there is there is so many crazy animals in those woods that they've never seen, um, right. you know, and so and, and until you know like fuck it until you can tell me what dark matter is, oh. keep, keep working, snap, you know like well that's I, I mean I, not in a but shitty way. Wow's better. <laughs> <laughs> Sniggity snap. <laughs> I, I, you I, know, no, the, I agree completely. Like, and I'm like you. I don't. I don't believe in ghosts because I haven't had anything happen to me that that has made me do believe. But um, it's also kind of hard to rule out what you you don't know how to look for or or even yeah. trying to look for. So it's a weird gray area. Like yeah. this is not black and white to me at all. No, and in this and the, you know and like they there's there's teams of scientists who find particles that violate the speed of light until they don't you know they right. like there's there's a lot going on there and it's science and it has to be done repeatedly and it has to be wrong sometimes so that it you know it has to be wrong a hundred times so it can be right once and yeah i i just i it, it always makes me you know uncomfortable when things start getting ruled out as impossible or we finally you know have settled this question but you didn't you just didn't find it that one time you weren't looking for it you know <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I thought it was, yeah. And it, and it, yeah, that's if a, nothing else, it, it does bring up a good conversation about that sorts of things. Right, right. All right, Dave. Yeah. Oh, shit. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, shit is right. Don't be excited, Flora. Cool I, out, man. I can't. I, Getting too excited's my job. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to fly this plane, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I'm 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 super pumped. We are at the time in in Sprockets where we dance, Dave. This yeah, is, that's this right. Is, Internationally, this is the time in Bullstone where we are going to throw it over to our bull phone section. Our first ever magnificent first person to take us up on the bull phone offer. That's right. So, ladies and gentlemen, from all the way in Brisbane, Australia, Queensland. I thought it was in oh. It's yeah. She said Brisbane. Oh, right. No, no. I just gave you a correction on how to say Brisbane. I'm much further oh. north than that. Oh, okay. Well, then we'll say in a, a <laughs> Brisbane adjacent Australia. <laughs> Emma. <laughs> Hi. Hello. <laughs> Hi. How the hell are you, Emma? I mean, it's early, but I'm pretty good. That's great. I I yeah, never I partially great. When when I was just uh, uh, New Zealand's going to become my new Antarct- uh, Dave's Antarctica. By the way, that's going to be yeah. My thing. But when I was uh, uh, just over there, I never got the hang of when stuff was going on over here in the states. You know, I I was like, I'll just wait until people start like commenting more on 
Facebook posts. And that's how I know it's like the daytime. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, so I have like an app that tells me the time because a lot of the people I interact with on Instagram are in the Northern Hemisphere. So Mm. I'm pretty used to it. Nice. Yeah, I, I would imagine you just have to kind of develop a feel for that. It's never easy, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad you uh, you you were able to get up and uh, come on here to talk with us. Yeah, yeah, this oh, is I mean, awesome. I'm stoked too, though. No, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, are we. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Emma. Um, there's not really a lot to say. I'm f-ing boring, Here's but I mean. I'm going to be also going to New Zealand, so that's interesting. We're actually eloping there because weddings cost a bunch of money. Nice. Oh, man, don't they? I don't, it's fucking insane. And also, I mean, I'm a tattooist, and I've got some kids, and I'm super into cryptids, but that's it. <laughs> that's awesome. That, what else is there? Now, are you <laughs> legally allowed to practice on your kids? No. Tattooing. Okay, Ooh, just checking. No. Just checking. I just thought, you know, not legally. Well, I mean, it's like if you own a ra- if you own a farm and you have a bunch of kids, it's pretty much so that they'll work the farm. <laughs> if you're a tattooist and you got two kids, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> My particular ha- state has really intense laws, so mm-hmm. I get criminally prosecuted under the same criminal act that they prosecute child sex offenders. So, oh, wow. snaps. Yeah, right? It's insane. <laughs> not, until, not until they're 10, then. Not until then. <laughs> yeah. Well, 18. But oh, okay. <laughs> 18 is the magic number here. You can drink and smoke and gamble and get tattoos. Nice. Yeah. Hopefully all on the same day. It's all staggered over here. Right? I've noticed that, and it seems so bizarre to me. Like, oh, that you've yeah. got to be 21 to drink, but you can join, like, the armed forces way younger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's because you drive. need good judgment to drink. <laughs> <laughs> and, and isn't it like 25 <laughs> before you can even rent a car or something like that? Well, yeah. I mean, there. but the, here's why I will defend that system is that it gives you a bunch of fun benchmarks. Like from the age of 16, 15 in rural areas through the age of 25, you almost get like an unlock every year. <laughs> There's a couple of down years, 17, no one ever cares, 19 is just a waste of everything. 20, eh, it's a second decade, but then's the countdown. You know, there's, there's almost an unlock every year for 10 years. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, with a plateau at renting a car. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's the mountain top. That's it. And then the rest of the time, you're just counting down to the grave. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Oh man! When can I crack this 401k? Oh, 40 years. Yeah. All when, right. When then. can I contribute to this 401k? <laughs> right. oh, 35 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to to hear what you've brought us for. Um, yeah. Uh, for some weird news. Now, this is. Uh, I I think I mentioned to you. This is. We're doing this for March, of course. But uh, since we didn't do one for February, you know, anything anything's possible. What toto, right? toto is possible. So, yeah, what uh, what's going on down either down there or in the world that you found? That uh, oh no, it's down here, and you've got two choices: you can have thylacines Ooh. or yowies. Oh my god, both! Uh, Do it, yowie yeah, riding yeah, thylacines. I'll, I'll take one of each. <laughs> Don't make me choose. One of them is from a somewhat reputable place, and the other <laughs> one is like trying to out Australia every other newspaper in Australia. <laughs> 
You are not making this an easier call. (laughs) (laughs) I still want one of each. (laughs) Okay. One's boring and one's less boring, so. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So the first one is from the Newcastle Herald, which sounds like a lovely, like, newspaper. Sure, yeah. Um, I can't tell you where Newcastle is. I know that my dad goes there a bunch. Whatever. But it's Heather and Rex Gilroy tell stories of yowies in Barrington Tops, <laughs> which is like a mountainous rage, I guess. Great. So I'm just going to. Uh, Newcastle's just, just north of Sydney, by the way. You know, no See, I'm glad somebody knows. I'm glad somebody's <laughs> I, got a map on the I've internet. Had, <laughs> I did. I, I brought up a map before we called you so that I would know what I was talking about. That's how somebody's I Somebody's got to be prepared and it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's hear some yowie talk. I'm just going to go ahead and read it. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's funny how one mystery can lead to another. As devoted readers would know, we've been writing about the Tasmanian tiger in recent weeks. Christian Krupp told us that he'd twice had encounters with the creatures deep in the Barrington wilderness. And researcher Rex Gilroy believes that the creatures still exist in Barrington Tops and other areas like the Blue Mountains. Rex and his wife also do research on Yowies, which was said to be a Bigfoot-type creature that live in the Australian wilderness. They were part of Aboriginal legend, and some people think they still exist. But then it comes back with, it's such a great yarn, we simply have to recount it. What? It just undercut that's, itself? <laughs> that's, yeah. What? The story begins when Heather catches a glimpse of a dark shape moving about in roadside shrubbery just ahead of the car. I had an eerie feeling that I was being observed by unseater eyes in the deep forest grove. <laughs> <laughs> Later, I discovered hominin feet impressions, indistinct and embedded in the grass, amidst the, str- amidst the shrubbery on top of the slope above the road where Heather had seen the mysterious dark shape, and I had no doubt that she'd spotted a yowie. <laughs> Whoa. No he doubt. He had no doubt. <laughs> yeah. None. At all. I, up until this point, I'd put up with a lot of bullshit out of her. <laughs> but... <laughs> But now, no questions. Yeah. (laughs) As Rex gazed at the trees, Heather saw some kind of creature about 60 meters ahead, standing in the middle of the road. Uh And she insists it was definitely not a kangaroo or a wallaby. Now, I've seen a lot of kangaroos and wallabies, like every day. And there's no way. Wait, is this you talking or her? No, yeah. oh, okay. okay. I was I was I was hoping that that was in the in the story. It's like, well, that's Australian reporting. She did say it's definitely not a kangaroo or a wallaby. But like, I've seen drawings of what people say that yowies look like, and there's no f-ing way that you can mistake a kangaroo or a wallaby for a yowie. Yeah. It's just no. Yeah. But yeah. back to it. No. Okay. <laughs> the creature which stood on two legs briefly re- man- maneuvered around some rocky gravel on the road. When she looked again, the shape had moved across the road and right into the shrubbery, shrubbery at the base of a three-meter-high bank, above which was a densely timbered mountainside slope. So, like, I don't know why they keep referring to it as, like, a dark shape. Why not just say yowie at this point? Rex has no, no <laughs> Yeah, Rex right. has signed off yeah. on this. The, the point was, like, a, a mile back that we had to cross. <laughs> Rex is already making his T-shirts. <laughs> Rex continued, at this point in time, we'd made a quick scramble or climb up the shrubbery to the covered bank and to the unforeseen, unseen forest behind. 
Examining the bank on the other side of the road, I discovered fresh scruff marks in the grassy soil where the hominin had made its quick escape up oh, the bank. Please let there be scat. Please let there be scat. Fresh, fresh scruff. There's not. <laughs> that would make, that would be a great indie band. Looking down at my feet, I spotted what I'd hoped to find, a yowie foot impression. No others were visible due to the gravelly ground and the grass covering much of the old road, but there was mostly indistinct left footprint, perhaps only hours old, embedded in a moist patch of soil and leaf litter. And then it just goes on to say how he took a plaster cast of the Yowie footprint. Oh. Because he had plaster with him? Yeah, apparently. Yeah, he just walks around with it in his backpack, Are apparently. you kidding, dude? It's Rex Gilroy, cryptid hunter. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Yowie researcher, though. Well, that's true. He He's yeah. That's his jam. He's prepared. <laughs> He's got like a little utility belt with like some powder and then like a canteen with water and. Well, it does say a quote from him. I quickly mixed the plaster and water in the bucket, then poured it over the impression because you've just got all this shit on hand. By the way, he's got a bucket too. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 his impressions bucket. <laughs> he had it's to his take special a, thing. He, he was also quoted as saying, "I subjected myself to just five minutes worth of the the mind control rays coming down when I removed the bucket <laughs> from my head." So uh, wait a minute. Now, now Rex was pretending that he was the skeptical that was won over earlier. I, yes, sort of, I guess. I don't know. He's like a really old looking guy. Oh, cause I'm, I, I'm, I'm just for the heck of it. Like just zooming in, uh, into the, uh, the, this entire area. And I'm what really, I can do in- is, um, send you the links because it does oh, yeah. have a nice picture of Rex on there. Please do. Yeah. Oh, good. He's a man of adventure. The Barrington Tops National Park is uh, got a bunch of really fun things around it. Uh, there's an area called Black Bulga, Bambalam. Uh, <laughs> there is uh, Skimmings Gap Road. That's Ugh. fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Bendolba. I'd just like to end this with a nice quote from yeah. Rex. Go for it. Your yes, success perfect. In finding this foot impression has encouraged us to return to the Barrington Tops and hopefully turn up more footprints and any other evidence of this ever-elusive hairy man. Oh. So yes. Rex is basically a poet. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, he is. Rex, if you're listening to this, can I po- just maybe... Uh, suggest that moving to the the other side of the Barrington Tops National Park near let's say Wooluma because <laughs> I wanted to say Wooluma <laughs> I'm going to stop I mean it sounds like now. you said it right that's how I'd say it Yeah thank you <laughs> I can drop it I can blend in seamlessly anywhere on the planet That's what uh, you want That's right that's 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 uh, me, me and Rex are cut from the same cloth we're men of adventure we go we go where the fresh scruff is <laughs> and you always carry that powder and yeah water on you and my mix it my mix it bucket yeah for impressions plaster but i mean That's you have glorious. to have them otherwise no one's gonna believe that you saw whatever right. large cryptid you actually saw i i could tell them i had no doubts from hell to breakfast but until i showed them my plaster impressions <laughs> Up to that point. That's when I won. <laughs> That's right. That's when I got him. Oh, what? What? What's the other? What's the other one you've got? Yeah, Emma? let's hear about this. So, the other one comes from ABC News, which is our ABC, San huh? National Broadcaster, 
who coincidentally in their website up the top, they have a Trump's America tab. So, you know, shit's really getting real. Yes. You got <laughs> to keep track of that just like we do, because it's, it's going to end up shafting us all. Oh, we're keeping track. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, we have our own, basically, Donald Trump, except she's a lady and just awful. Oh, yeah. I... I, I forget her name, but my, uh, oh, I really Pauline like Pauline Hanson. Pauline Hanson. Yes. Oh, Pauline. It's funny. Uh, this is her second time in politics. And the first time she was like, what you need to be careful of is the Asians that are going to come and swamp Australia, oh, but it's God. not fashionable to go after the Asians anymore. So we'll just yeah. move it all along. They're a big consumer base for for you guys, aren't they? Yeah. Don't yeah, they, they are. Holiday um, a lot? I mean, I, <laughs> I don't mean to talk about the Asians, you know, like in Too late. that way, but <laughs> you did it. Australia has a really large population that are like immigrants and second and third generation from all over Asia, like right, all over, including like India, all the way through like Thailand and China, oh yeah, Japan, everything. So it just seems bizarre that you could get so many votes from ostracizing such a large part of the population, but here we are. Yeah, yeah. You would think, yeah, trying to play the ethnic card, you would have a bad time. But um, yeah, just as surprised as we are. Hashtag Trump's Australia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Australia, the land of a fair go if you're white. <laughs> right. Oh. Anyway, sorry. Sorry about <laughs> yeah. diversion into politics. It's a fun time. I just there's it something is. about talking about wankers across the globe that makes me real happy. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wankers across <laughs> the globe. Oh, and with that, we have a new section for every bullstone. <laughs> <laughs> How about this wanker? <laughs> it's like the it's the Australian equivalent of uh, Scott's magazine. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Okay. All right. ABC. ABC News. Right. ABC News. This is from ABC Far North. Could Tasmanian tigers be living in the wilds of Queensland's Cape York Peninsula? Uh-oh. Well, could they? Could they? <laughs> of course they could. <laughs> I don't know! Stop asking me! I don't know! I could be living I mean, there, too. You don't know. <laughs> apparently, there's, like, big cat sightings all around Australia, so... If I was going to pick a place, I'd pick Mount Surprise. That's where I think they'll be. <laughs> Are you kidding? Uh, That's where you can't possibly know what's going to be there. <laughs> Could be a tribe of living pinatas. Surprise, <laughs> motherfucker. Viva pinata. <laughs> oh. Okay, but seriously, though. Uh, scientists are all but certain that thylacines were extinct on the Australian mainland by the time European settlers arrived. I just want to take this point to realize, like, it's a really shitty thing to do to call them settlers. But moving on. As far back as the 1870s, people have reported sightings of the carnivorous marsupials on Queensland's Cape York. Every now and then, another story emerges, and this week is no different. After hearing University of New South Wales Professor of Paleontology, Mike Archer, tell the ABC Far North he was attempting to clone thylacines, former tourism operator Brian Hobbs decided to share his own claim of the unlikely encounter he had with the family of the animals back in 1983. Back when all the rad shit was happening. That's right. <laughs> Before New Coke ravaged the landscape. <laughs> it was a pristine wonderland. 
<laughs> I worked on a small Rubik's plantation. <laughs> Sorry. He was camping with a friend in the middle of the night. Something startled his German shepherd. I hopped out of bed and put her, the dog, on a short leash, grabbed a spotlight and started to look around the camp towards the ravine area where I'd been walking the dog previously. Now, I mean, I would hope that he's talking about the dog because otherwise he's putting a short leash on the friend that he's camping with, but whatever. <laughs> I do like that he was like, the dog, guys. This is- <laughs> Just to be clear. I mean, it's 1983, but it's not that 1983. <laughs> <laughs> he said the animals made next to no noise as he approached and they seemed curious about him and his camp. These animals, I've never seen anything like them in my life, he said. They were dog-shaped. I had my shepherd with me, so I knew that, like, so I certainly knew what dogs are about. <laughs> he, he was he was able to do, like, the cartoon, look at the dog, look at the animals, <laughs> look at the dog. <laughs> oh, yes. And in the spotlight, I could see that they were tan in color and had stripes on their sides. Hmm. According to Mr. Hobbs, the family of animals paid his camp another visit before the night was out, and they, again, showed no signs of aggression. All right, now, so we've got some distinguished professors. Distinguished research professor Bill Lawrence from James Cook University is no stranger to tales of the legendary creatures roaming the wilds of Australia. You learn in science to never say never because every time we think we know everything, it turns around and bites us on the backside, Professor because Lawrence said. you can't said. see it coming. <laughs> Wait, is, is he by chance a political scientist? What? <laughs> It, is that is he a political say. scientist? It just says that he's a research professor. Wow. I mean, JCU is a pretty solid uni, though, so yeah. who knows? He said, aside from dingoes, wild dogs, and feral pigs, there were few mammalian or marsupial inhabitants of the area that fit the description given by Mr. Hobbs. There's a lot of hybridization between dingoes and wild dogs, so you can get them taking a variety of forms. Also, feral pigs have a remarkable array of different colors and patterns, he said. Okay, I'm just going to... Feral pigs are f***ing huge. Yeah? Like... Really? Yeah, they're gigantic. I mean, wow. Boars. My auntie, my auntie runs property right, and so I collect bones just to... Just to really give you an idea of how f***ing weird my house is. Now, I like real. there was there was like the there was the briefest hesitation before you said you thought it through and you were like, nope, nope. I need to tell them that You're I collect like, bones. This, this is a safe space. I need to run with this. I mean, I cross with them too, but whatever. Perfect. Um, and I have a couple of boar like skulls that my auntie has sort of had from her property, and they're f***ing massive. Like. There's no way. I've seen videos of Tasmanian tigers. I've seen illustrations, and I've seen them, like, taxidermed in f***ing museums. And those things are like sweet baby angels. They're tiny, <laughs> and they're nice, and feral pigs are f***ing massive. Like, there's no way that you could mistake the two, ever. Yeah. They're, they're also, like, higher in the haunches, aren't they, Dave? Like, aren't they bigger, like, shoulder, and, and the head is all they're shaped? Ta- they're they're taller, taller, I mean, and, got, the, and then I mean, the back end's real short, and or something. Or now, anyway. here's something I did not know: is that there is a. I thought that a dingo was just a catch-all term for feral dog, but that's not true. No, no, no. Dingoes are their own animal, literally. Mm-hmm. Like coyotes are or, not or, just feral or hyenas. Like, okay, all right. See, that's what I learned today. <laughs> 
the more you know. Right? <laughs> oh, man. Thanks, ABC News, where the A stands for something totally different. Maybe Australia. Australia, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> where the A stands for Queensland. <laughs> Oh, back to Professor Lawrence, though. Yeah, come on, yeah. Bill. What you got, Bill? The observation of the two animals and pups is really interesting. I would have liked to ask exactly where the stripes were, because he's like a scientist, so he's a stickler for details. Right. He's doing but, the but, real science. But he can't? What, he, he would like to ask, but he pr- propriety will not allow it. <laughs> Too impertinent to question. I just can't show up at this guy's house and ask for tea and be like, so tell me again about these guys. <laughs> right. Wow. So, so this ah, is, well. if, if I'm, if I got this right, this is from uh, some, some guy's memory of a, a night in 1983. Is that right? Yeah, it is. I mean, I don't know why, cause this, all right. So this came out on Friday from the ABC. I think it's just because um, the guy who saw them, had seen in the news about the cloning, which is something to be very excited about. And he was like, actually, they still exist. Oh. Huh. Like they- pterodactyls. They're around. You just don't see them. <laughs> That's, yeah. They still exist 34 years ago. <laughs> oh, yes. Huh. Okay. <laughs> and so we've got a ranger's recollection. A former Queensland National Parks ranger... Patrick Shears spent years patrolling the Cape York during the 70s and 80s. Mr. Shears said whenever he heard reports of thylacine sightings, he would consult people from the Aboriginal communities in the respective areas. They pretty well confirmed that they know of a dog-like creature that's not a dingo often seen at night. They would call it the Moonlight Tiger. Hmm. Oh, that's lovely. Isn't it? It just sounds like a dream. The moonlight tiger. I lost three fingers to a moonlight tiger. (laughs) (laughs) See, it doesn't sound as bad when you say it like that. (laughs) Thylacine took half my hand. (laughs) Sounds kind of lucky, actually. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Mr. Shears said he was lucky enough to have seen a creature resembling a thylacine or moonlight tiger while on patrol one evening. Oh, They're man. curious. Also, if you're not moving and not making noise, they'll come within a reasonable range and check you out and then just trot off, he said. Huh. Uh, also, Australian synth pop band name, Moonlight Tiger. Yeah. Calling it. Oh, my God. 80s. That's 80s. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. They're like glam with the hair and everything. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. We all. I'm going to see moonlight. if I, I know quite a few musicians, so I'm going to see if I can line that up now. Yeah. Yes, that would be hilarious. That's a, that's a ton of merch. You could get some. Uh, <laughs> right? some I would some kill for a moon uh, drawings and a stuff. moonlight tiger shirt. Yeah. Well, I'm an artist. I might whip you something up later. There you go. Oh, <laughs> damn. You know, worse. one thing I was thinking is that when Flora finally decides oh, to get okay. the tattoo that he owes everybody, right. we should fly to Australia and have you do it. We'll you pay you for that. I'll hook you up. <laughs> okay, awesome. I don't. You might have to fight with old Two Kings tattooing though over uh, that that got the oh, actual that's tattoo true. of our logo. Maria. I mean, but I, yeah, I'd rather but there's go like to a bunch Australia. of Deadpool's and weird sh- in my in my work area. So there's a bunch. Yeah, of- see, <laughs> you could you can you could stare a boar skull in the face, Flora, while she puts that tattoo on your butt. <laughs> Actually. True. My boss is like, you can't bring that many bones in here because people are going to think there's something. So I'm like, well, it's a tattoo studio. They expect it to be weird. 
So currently at work, the only dead things I have is I have a Southern Asian bat skeleton that's articulated in a nice shadow box. And <laughs> I have a death's head hawk moth, which has acquired somehow like a colony of mites. So it's on its last legs. <laughs> oh, but it had six, so it'll take them a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they've been there a while. <laughs> so there's only uh, a little bit left. I'll just get through this. Although yeah. Professor Lawrence would not rule out the existence of a thylacine on Cape York, he said the persistence of a species with such a small population density stretches the realm of what a mainstream biologist would call highly plausible. Discovering a living thylacine would almost stop the earth turning on its axis in terms of how big the news would be. It would be an absolute revelation and would change the way a lot of people think about a lot of species that we may have presumed to have gone extinct, but possibly have not entirely disappeared. Disagree. If you're a rock musician, <laughs> if you're a rock musician, getting your face on the cover of Rolling Stones would be the biggest thing. But for a scientist, it would be getting your face on the cover of nature, Professor Lawrence said. You would have your face plastered all over the cover, plus headlines all over the world. And that's how they end the article, which is not. <laughs> and, then, and in the end, he said, isn't that what we all want? Our face plastered everywhere. Yeah, I think they're trying to create some sort of like scientific thylacine gold rush. Like, hey, we're just telling you what the prize is if you have the balls to come out and find them. Well, I mean, like there's plenty of. Australian cryptid researchers that spend a bunch of time looking for like extant animals. Yeah. But they don't like, they've been doing that a while and there's nothing going on. Hmm. Unless it was 83, apparently. Maybe, maybe they should try doing it by moonlight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the like only that way would to be find more them. effective. Wow. Moonlight tigers. <laughs> but like every sighting of the thylacine that I've ever heard of happens at night. Yeah. Like, all of them. It's just bizarre. You've been, you've been visited by the Moonlight Tiger. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> just give me them fingers. <laughs> <laughs> no, but didn't you listen? They were friendly. Yeah, these ones. Curious, these hanging out. They just wanted to, to, to kick it. Because and... dingoes wouldn't do that, right? Aren't they bastards? I mean, <laughs> recently... So where I live is what you would call a rural center. So it's like the largest town around, mm. but it still mm -hmm. counts as rural. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people I know have property. And like 15 years ago, dingoes would just stay the f*** away. Like they had no time for people, just scared and timid animals generally. Uh -huh. But apparently in the last like five or so years, there's been... Just a lot more aggression. So dingoes obviously are a pack animal. And so if you're out like by yourself or just a couple of people like shooting or doing whatever you're doing at night, which why would you go out into the wild at night in Australia? You're just you're, <laughs> you're doing begging this to for yourself. It. <laughs> <laughs> but so they're not they're not scared anymore. And um, my uncle was telling me recently that they were out one night, I don't know, problems with cows or some thing. <laughs> it, there's, a, there's a lot going on. But there were two of them, and they were on the back of a ute, and they got, like, circled by a pack of dingoes, which sounds flippin' terrifying, wow. really. But that's, like, a behavior that you wouldn't have seen 
like 15 or 20 years ago. Yeah. So they're kind of assholes, but they're getting more assholish. <laughs> is it is it because are they are they coming in to eat garbage and and and, and that's what's bringing them more into contact? I, I mean, potentially yes, but there's places like Fraser Island that have like I think it's Fraser Island. I could be wrong. That have like huge dingo populations and also like a huge amount of tourists that go there. And so people and the dingoes more or less, when they do interact, it's usually fine. Like it's not a problem. The dingoes are used to the people uh-huh. and they're just chill. But I think it's a situation where they're like borderline domesticated. Hmm. Oh, okay. During like, it's just been basically a bas- massive drought period around here for so long oh. that... I feel like the opportunity for prey is a lot lower. Yeah, that makes sense. Than it would usually be. Yeah. Huh. I uh, the reason I, I ask cuz I've have I have a similar thing where I grew up in Colorado. When I was growing up, we knew that there were mountain and lions and bears, but you would never give it a second thought. You certainly would never run into one. And I don't now, know, I've seen them on YouTube just like trotting around people's backyards. Oh yeah. Now when I go home for like Christmas and stuff, like I, I, I could, you know, if my mom will come wake me up and just to see one, just destroying the neighbor's garbage, <laughs> you know, like they, no it, it is a much bigger. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, it's a much thanks. bigger problem now. You can't put your pets out. It was just like, just when you said like, Oh, it's really changed over the last 15 years or so. It's a similar thing. And in Colorado, it was, it's just prey. It's like the lack of prey and they just move into the neighborhoods to eat garbage. And if you don't put your pets out, what does the chubacabra eat then? Go right. Pet. Now, you, now you're, yeah, that's why you buy a goat a month and you just put it out there. That's why I'm because- a member of the goat a month club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like, I don't want to buy a bird feeder. I don't like birds that much, but I do put a goat out. Because birds are terrifying, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're dinosaurs, and if they were big enough, they would have you. You would be. <laughs> Absolutely. Miserable. But, like, yes, I'm cool with would. birds of prey and corvids because at least they're honest about the fact that they'd f you up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, it just, chickens, chickens are horribly deceptive. <laughs> 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 yes my cousin yeah, keeps chickens yeah. and she's like no no they are terrifying they look at you like they would eat you if they were big enough and i'm like well obviously they would hashtag trump's australia <laughs> <laughs> the first radioactive chicken and it's over for mankind <laughs> you know it's funny though ten, the past 10 to 15 years i mean when this stuff started uh, uh going south and everybody's acting crazy it's when we entered the darkest timeline, yo. That's, oh, that's yeah, when that's we, right. That's when we slipped Wait, through. When, when, when exactly did we cross that threshold? I don't know. I'm not a physicist. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like this is a question for a physicist. I feel like this is more a question for a fiction writer. <laughs> like it was, it's Oh, like a Y2K buff. Oh, geez. Oh, yeah, maybe. there you go. That was a big thing, remember? Yeah, that's a nice a nice round. Yeah, because uh, let's let's call it the millennium because everyone blames everything on 9-11, and it's just, it can't hold up that many problems. <laughs> so let's just say, we'll call it the year 2000. That's where we, that's where we deviated into the dark timeline. That's right. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> I'm glad we could get to the bottom of that. <laughs> We've answered a lot of questions. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, Emma, I uh, I really appreciate you getting up early to talk to us. Right. Thank you so much. Oh, it's and, no uh, problem. It's been a ton of fun. Yes, indeed it has. Uh, you are magnificent. And uh, when, when, not if, but when 
we come to Australia. Um, Flora is probably going to get that tattoo because <laughs> he's promised that so many times. Because I'm promising we're going to go to Australia because well, I keep my word. Super rad though. It just right. It's like if it was D and D equipment, it is like plus twelve coolness. Oh, yeah. And Lord knows I've got below average coolness on my character well, sheet. Well, that's <laughs> that's why you have to get it buffed, dude, so you can hang. Isn't there a <laughs> ring we could find? Or an amulet? <laughs> I mean, it might be, but they're never going to be as good. Yeah, that's like, true. Here and there is just not the same. <laughs> All right, well... We'll uh, we'll bid you adieu for now, and uh, um, thank you. Hope uh, hope to hear from you again sometime. Damn right. Awesome. And ladies and gentlemen, Emma, you're a hero for being our first and thus far best. That's right. I just want to reiterate bo- flown participant that uh, your dollar screwed me real hard. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of international exchange rates. Hashtag Trump's Australia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Oh my god. It's a a good point. It's a really good point. So, yeah, thanks again, Emma, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Thank you. Bye, Emma. You're glorious. It's been a blast. Yeah, that was a blast. Yeah. Fun time. That was awesome. I I sure would like to do that more. Slowly turning to the camera with lots of eye contact. (laughs) Because not only does she get the the bull's phone, she gets all the other stuff, too. She's she's getting like an amazing package coming from Blurry Photos with yeah. what what minifigs, T-shirt action, the, the, the voicemail, uh, digital message, yeah. yeah. So she got a- to hang out with us on the live <laughs> drink episode. Like, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. Way to go, Emma. Uh, so now, Dave, I'm gonna end us here with uh, one of the weird rundowns. Yeah, run it down into the ground. I got a few. This one coming to us from the Guardian uh, in London. I, I call this one for fart's sake. <laughs> French artist Abraham Poincheval told reporters in February that in his upcoming quote-unquote performance, he will entomb himself for a week in a limestone boulder at a Paris museum and then, at the conclusion, sit on a dozen bird eggs until they hatch. Quote, an inner journey, he said, to find out what the world is. <laughs> Let me know what you find out there, Frenchie. (laughs) He apparently failed to learn that from previous efforts, such as the two weeks he spent inside a stuffed bear or his time on the Rhone River inside a giant corked bottle. He told reporters the super snug tomb has been thoroughly accessorized, providing for breathing, eating, heart monitor, and emergency phone. He did not mention a toilet. Nothing on exactly how toileting will be handled. (laughs) I'm glad I'm glad that the press and I agree on what's important. That's right. Uh, this one I call to share and share unlike. <laughs> you t- Did you always have titles for them? Yeah. Okay, go. <laughs> I, I, I don't write them down unless I can think of a good title. <laughs> the ex-wife of Deputy Sheriff Corey King of Washington County, Georgia, filed a federal lawsuit in January against King after he arrested her for the crime of making a snarky comment about him on Facebook, uh, incidentally, which was about his failure to bring the couple's children their medicine. King allegedly conspired with a friendly local magistrate on the arrest, and though the prosecutor refused the case, 
King warned the ex-wife that he would still re-arrest her if she made, quote, the mistake of going to Facebook with your little excrement to fuss about. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah, you know, that's the, the law's his. He's, he's Judge Dredd. I am the law. This one, last up here from the Washington Post, showdown at the not-okay corral. Stephen Reed, the former mayor of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, pleaded guilty on the eve of his January trial on corruption counts stemming from the approximately 10,000 items of Wild West and Americana artifacts worth around $8 million that he had bought with public funds during 28 years in office. For some reason, he had a single-minded obsession with creating a local all-things cowboy museum (laughs) (laughs) and had purchased such items as a stagecoach, a stagecoach harness, (laughs) a Billy the Kid wanted poster, a wagon wheel, and a totem pole. Well, his mistake, because you got had, if you buy a stagecoach and it doesn't come with a harness, idiot. (laughs) Somehow, he explained as he was leaving office after being voted out in 2009, the items he had purchased, theoretically on behalf of Harrisburg, had migrated into his personal belongings. (laughs) His ru- his rumpus room. There you go, Dave. Oh, that's that's fucking awesome. Way to go, idiot. <laughs> well, you well, know, that's it. yeah. Uh, don't forget, uh, give us a like on Facebook. Where are we? Did we do it? Did we cross? We did. The se- we did. We, we crossed we, the seventeenth hildo. Seventeen hundred in the rearview mirror. Oh my gosh! And now we are we are within sniffing distance of the second mildo. The, uh, Fildo, Fildo. I always <laughs> f*** that up. How do I mess that up? So please, you want to say Mildo? I do so badly. So, uh, so please like us on Facebook, or if you've please. got a roommate who doesn't give a sh, just log in as them and like us on Facebook. That's fine too. That's a great idea. Uh, don't forget uh, if you want to support us, Patreon.com/slash uh, Blurry Photos. Get on a bull phone of your own. Yeah, by all means, it's a ton of fun. We had a, I mean. Listen, right up to the crash. I had a great time at the, at the live drinking <laughs> fest. And we're going to do more things like that this coming year because that was just a blast. We were only going to do two hours. And of the few yeah. things I remember, I remember two hours going, keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> Truth be told, if we had stopped at two hours, we might have actually gotten some recording done. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Woo-woo. Well, sorry. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a victim of the party pants. Next, uh, next time, I just I want to make sure. Don't even think about air horns beforehand. Because oh. if we if we had had one at the two hour mark, it, oh. it would it would have just been. Yeah, keep it going. Damn. Yeah, don't give me an air horn. You shouldn't even have given me a crossbow. But that ship sailed. Uh, so yeah, uh, like us on Facebook and um, and don't forget to visit obaku.com to get yourself a gorgeous new watch. We really love ours and I continue to get compliments on mine. They design their timepieces by blending two traditions of simplicity, Danish minimalist design and Zen philosophy. And I got to tell you, it works wonderfully. Obaku.com. Treat yourself to one of their many designs for men and women. And use the offer code BLURRYS6 to get 30% off your purchase from now until May 14th. I highly recommend it. Obaku Denmark. Feel the moment.
Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, we're excited. We got big plans for season six. Season yeah, six, do. Mother Lickers. Uh, we got more episodes going into the uh, archive podcast all the time. Uh, yep. And uh, so season check, one check is that done. out. Yeah, check that out as well. Yeah, fun times, man. Yeah. Oh, uh, also don't forget to check out next week on Bullstone. It's that time of year again, and the NCAA tournament is in full swing, giving Americans something to disinterestedly talk about instead of the weather. All roads lead to Chrome? How the surprising uptick in Chrome plating shops will affect your town and your family. All these satchel-slapping stories and more next time on Bullstone.